And uh, the first quarter, um, we're talking about the father heart. We're actually taking a whole quarter to talk about the father heart and what that means. You know, it's 20 years ago. Uh, it's 20 years ago today uh, that God poured out his spirit in a powerful way uh, in Toronto. Why did you need 
a search. Why did you need to search? He asked, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand uh, what he meant. These are the first recorded words of Jesus Christ. All right? And I think he was in the zone. He'd been three years, uh, three days, in the temple discussing theology with the best of the uh, Hebrew theologians. And they were amazed at what he was saying. So he'd been talking about the deep things of, of God's word and, and interacting with this. And so he's in this, in this context, and his natural mom and dad walk in, and he's been talking theology and the kingdom and scripture. And they're like, you know, why did you do that? And he's like, why, what were you looking for? I mean, he was in preacher mode. What were you looking for? Why were you looking Didn't you understand? Didn't you know? I must be in my father's house. And so we get a peek into what Jesus, how, who Jesus is, and how he saw uh, his own identity as well as the Father. Uh, Jesus knew where he belonged. Jesus' identity and purpose was settled, even at that young of age, 12. He belonged in the father's house, doing uh, his father's business. In fact, some translations put that. Uh, you know, I, I, I ought to be about my father's business. So my father's house, my father's business is the same idea. His natural parents didn't understand. It's, it's nice. Don't you like it that God put that in Scripture? I mean, Mary, the mother of God, right? Uh, Joseph, they didn't get it. Uh, so sometimes when we don't get it, it's okay. If they didn't get it, it's natural we're not going to get it. Uh, but Jesus was talking about something that they weren't perceiving. And Paul talks about this uh, same idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 about the natural versus the spiritual. The ma natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So this just talks about the fact that there are, there are natural things and there are spiritual things, and that the natural man can't receive uh, the, the things that are of the Spirit. It's a different realm, it's a different level, so to speak. Like Jesus, we need to understand that our identity and our purpose is no longer limited to our natural lineage. Okay? It's not you are not limited to, to you, to your old self. I'm not limited to, to what I inherited from you know Ernie Wright and Darlene Wright, which were my parents. I'm not limited. Just like Jesus, uh, uh, when, when Mary and Joseph came in, he was speaking of his real identity, uh, his eternal identity. He was in his father's house. And, and, and Colossians, this verse has been, Colossians 3, 3, they're capping on it for the last five years. This has been our go-to verse, and we're just living in this verse. And whenever I get out of this verse, I, I, I quickly get back into it. Uh, a number of reasons, but uh, it says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so, what does it mean to live in this? I just, I, I, good morning, I'm Cameron Wright, I'm dead. <laughs> this is how I think of myself, alright? Uh, my life is hidden. My real life is not this life, but my real life is hidden with Christ in God. So it just speaks of an intimacy with Christ, but even the intimacy that I share with Christ in God. 
Uh, and that's what my life really is. And so this outward life, when I get hit and weak and confused, I realize I'm dead to this because that's what my life is. In Christ and like Christ, we share being at home in the Father. You know how you feel when you get home? You know? <laughs> Especially if you've been traveling. Uh, and I love to travel, Mike. We love to travel. But boy, it's great to get home. It's like, wow, okay. <laughs> you know? Um, and there's a place where you feel, there's a, a, a type of rest that you can't experience anywhere else. And that's what Jesus was talking about. He was at home in the Father's uh, house. This verse says it's the same thing for us. We need to be at home because our life is really with Christ in God. We, have to, we can have that same feeling of being at home. And our purpose. Our identity is to do his will and to be his, his son or daughter. Um, <clears throat> okay, the second uh, event that sheds light on how Jesus saw the Father uh, that we're looking at is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and it's found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan. This is right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. To be baptized by him. Uh, Jesus was probably about 30 years old at this point. Bless you. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me. I just love how people talk to Jesus. <laughs> it's like, you're always telling Jesus, you know, what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we knew that. Uh, but Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it. You know, let it, let, you know, let, allow this. Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill uh, all righteousness. Then he, John, allowed him, Jesus. And I like the way this is translated. It's the idea that John, the mortal, gave permission to Jesus, the immortal God. It's like, wow, Jesus is waiting for John to comply. Every teaching, all of the obedience of Jesus' 
see this? An open heaven and the dove come down and hear God? Anybody want to see this? Six people. <laughs> Sometimes you get what you ask for. So, <clears throat> the thing is, is that Jesus lived this in Scripture as a, as a picture for us. Right? Uh, you need to believe that there is an open heaven over you and that, that God is pleased with you. He flowed out of the knowledge that the Father was well pleased with him and that he was the, the beloved. And that word means esteemed. It means dear, it means favorite, worthy of love. Jesus was God's favorite. You know? It was just a level of love. This word pops up elsewhere in the scripture. In the New Testament, Paul's talking to the church in Ephesus. And you know what? The church in Ephesus is a lot like New York. Except they dressed a little bit. And uh, I don't think they get snow in Ephesus. It was really hot when I was there. <laughs> and they didn't have any cell phones. But you know, I mean, all, the, all the real stuff like, you know, fear and hope and joy and love and hate and pain and sorrow and, you know, all the real stuff, that's all the same. They were real people. And Paul is talking to the Ephesians about who they are, uh, who they really are. And so this is for you and I. So that we're predestined, he predestined us, having predestined us, chosen us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. To himself. God picked you out to be adopted uh, by Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure. Oh, just like Jesus had the good pleasure of the Father, uh, God picked you out because of the good pleasure of his will. He was happy to pick you out. He was, you know, if you know someone that just had a baby, how happy they are? Some of you know Nick and Chloe. And it's like, wow, every, Nick and Perrin, you know Nick and Chloe, Chloe's well, his sister. Chloe's <laughs> <laughs> right there. Nick and Perrin, you know, they're down in South Carolina, and he grew up here, and they just had a baby, you know, so like every day on Facebook, there's another picture of the two little babies, and like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> the joy the Father has. That's the joy the Father has for you. Come on. That little baby. You know, Jesus doesn't earn anything to earn the parent's love. That's the joy the Father has. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. The very word that He gives to the we're accepted in that. That means that just like Jesus was God's favorite, I'm God's favorite. You're God's favorite. Say, I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. Say, I'm God's favorite. God's favorite. And so are you. Yes, yeah, so God is so big that He can have every one of you as His favorite. He treats everyone like His favorite. He's big enough. But we share this with Christ. We're accepted in the love and through adoption. And we are to relate to the Father the same way, the same manner as Jesus did, as the loving Father who is well pleased with us. All right, the next episode is Jesus' greatest miracle. And this is uh, in John 11, 35. Uh, it begins with uh, uh, church, church Bible. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing uh, nearby said, see how much he loved him? 
This is uh, his friend Lazarus. Lazarus had died. Uh, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. The cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Here's another example of someone telling Jesus. Wait a minute, Jesus. Don't you realize? <laughs> Don't do that, Jesus! Father. 
always hear me. I don't know. Do you really? Do you talk like that to God when you're angry and, and sorrow? I don't. <laughs> but there was something that revealed something about Jesus' relationship with the Father. All right, that He had an ongoing, intimate relationship. It shows us that it's not that he's never experienced those intense emotions. No, it's in the midst of those intense emotions that he's actually dope. When he turns to the Father, he, he greets the Father with gratitude. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In my anger, in my sorrow, in my weeping, in my pain. Thank you, Father. Because you hear me. We go, God, what's wrong? Why don't you see? Why don't you hear my prayer? I mean, David says that all the Psalms. <laughs> but Jesus is like, thanks, God. You, you hear me in this. And you always hear me. There's this, this uh, uh, intimate relationship, interaction, this interaction. That's what I'm going to pull, pull into. The interaction that he has going on with the Father. Always, the Father is always hearing him. He's always talking. And he only speaks it out loud for the sake of those around. Man, I'm glad Jesus said that. I'm only saying this out loud just so the people around can get it. And of course, you're part of the people that are standing around because we get it through, this, through the scripture <clears throat> uh, for their sake so that we would know. Um, uh, well, this goes on because that intimacy Jesus talks about in his um, uh, high priestly prayer. This is Jesus is praying. This is right before he's arrested, wrongfully tried, and crucified for heresy, for claiming to be Son of God, um, wrongful because he was the Son of God. Um, <clears throat> but before that, he's in a time of intercession for his believers and for you and I. And he says, and in that day, uh, you will ask me nothing. Talking about uh, to the disciples how they will, they will relate to the Father. Uh, I have a couple of that. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, this, this Verses he's explaining to the disciples about their relationship with the Father after he's ascended. Uh, he says, In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say that I shall pray the Father for you. Alright? So he's saying, you know, after I'm ascended, <clears throat> when you pray, his disciples and us as his disciples 2,000 years down the road, it's not like we have to talk Jesus into it and then Jesus goes to the Father. He literally says, that's not how it works. Because the Father hears you. Right? For the Father himself loves you. The Father himself loves you. Direct relational connection between you and the Father. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. So like Christ, we're to share this intimate, ongoing interaction with the Father at all times. Just like Jesus was able to turn in the midst of his emotional turmoil and, and have this gratitude because he knew God always heard him. That's the type of relationship we're to have with the Father. Okay, here's the priestly prayer, John 17. Um, so here we hear Jesus talking to his Father, and we see a little bit more into his relationship with the Father and how we fit in. Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, but for 
Also, for those who will believe in me through their words, you and I, man, and uh, Christian on that today, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Wow. One in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you have, which you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one, just as uh, we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved me, uh, and have loved them as you have loved me. So this is actually the fourth of the events in Jesus' life, and this is the priestly prayer that he prayed right before his betrayal and arrest and then uh, crucifixion. And so in this verse, we get a glimpse of Jesus' interaction with the Father. And uh, it's, it's Jesus is talking about the dynamics within the Trinity. And in this, we want to focus in the four particular words that Jesus prayed. One, the first one is one. Uh, that they may be one. Uh, that they also may be one in us. You and me, I and you, them and us. Wow. And we're invited to share in the unity of the Trinity. Uh, it's literally the number one. And I think it speaks of perfect unity in every aspect of their being. Jesus in another place described how unified he was with the Father by saying, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father because he's so perfectly reflected the character and the nature of the Father. Um, and we're invited into that. Now the unity of the Trinity is a mystery. They're, they're distinct. There is a Father. Jesus was actually talking to somebody else. All right? uh, uh, and there is a Spirit, but they are one. Uh, when Jesus died on the cross, and he said, why have you forsaken me? You know, there's a distinction. Uh, and that's essential in understanding actually redemption. Um, <clears throat> but the, the Old Testament uh, great uh, confession of faith, the Shema, uh, that uh, is read in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so the Lord, the capital, is the uh, yes, Yahweh, uh, <clears throat> but the, the word God is Elohim. And Elohim is plural. Right? Our Yahweh is Elohim. Our God is plural. The Yahweh is singular. That's a mystery. <laughs> All right? And it's the truth. Jesus affirmed that. <clears throat> We're called to share in that same unity of the Trinity. If that doesn't blow your mind, I'm not doing a good job communicating. <laughs> All right? Because that's intense. We're to be as close with God the Father and the Holy Spirit as they are with each other. That's where, that's what Jesus prayed for. All right? And God, you know, Jesus prayers you've done. Second word is glory. <clears throat> and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Wow. The word glory means honor, dignity, uh, splendor, brightness, magnificence, excellence, preeminence, grace. I like this. Kingly majesty. So the kingly majesty that the Father gave Jesus, Jesus has now given you. You have royal majesty on you. Uh, absolute perfect inward uh, or personal excellence 
says, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect. How do you want to be perfect? Alright? I believe we are perfect. Alright? Not in the sense of perfection, but the word means to make uh, complete, to carry through completely, to accomplish. It means like fully matured, not lacking anything. And in Christ, we don't lack anything. Maybe we haven't attained everything yet. But there's a sense where in the spirit realm, it's all in our account. We share, you share, in Christ's wholeness, in his perfection. Alright? And finally, the word love. <clears throat> so that you loved, you have loved them as you have loved me. Wow! The word love is a, a root word for agape, to love dearly, to be well pleased. Jesus says that the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus, let's say, the Father loves me. The Father loves me. As much as he loves Jesus. As much as he loves Jesus. Does that blow you away? Yeah. He really does. Do you believe Jesus? Yeah, we believe Jesus. Believe this about him. This is how we're to see the Father. And out of this flows Christ-like lifestyle. That we're already well pleased. Because that's what the word means. We share the same love that Christ has with the Father. So those four words make one glorious, perfect love. And I'm going to have Dan come up and just kind of lead us in a response to that. So welcome, Dan. Thank you. Well, I guess, you know, when I you know, confess, you know, there's so much that I believe that I still have a hard time feeling. You know what I mean? Like, it's all here. I got to get here. You know, do I feel like a favor? Do I act like a favor? Um, so, I just had to just take a look. One glorious, perfect love. I mean, Christ gave it all, not just his life, but he gave every one of these to us. You know? But you, this is what the Father gave me, and this is what I'm giving you. You know, greater things than I have done, you'll do. And uh, I feel far away from that. You know, I will confess. Uh, but, you know, God gives us opportunities every day to step out and have that relationship with Him. You know, little things that put in our path. Uh, are we going to let the world fill our thoughts and fill our lives? Everything we're doing, day to day, minute to minute, or are we going to take that time? We're going to spend some time in our Father's house. Yeah. Are we going to live in our Father's house or are we going to live in the world? And uh, just reflect a minute, you know, even these four words. Is there any area, any one area, are there all areas that you need help in your life? And uh, we just take a minute, you know, a couple of minutes to just think about that. Close your eyes. Reflect and pray. Uh, is there anything stopping you? What's in the way? I know we may not see it. There was. We're bullied and blinders. So just ask them to reveal things in your life that are keeping that distance, that big wall between your brain and your heart, between your heart and your soul. Uh, you know, start with the people. You know, start looking through. Father, just break down these doors. Yeah. Allow our people 
much my book. Jesus has opened that for us. He said, you have it. It's there. It's, it's, it's the account Pastor talked about. Thanks, Kathy, for sharing your vision here because that was just perfect. That's what I want to be. I want to say, hey, Dad, I want some of your water. Thanks. And if you're not a Christian, if you've never even, you know, considered, if you wonder what we're talking about, what all those wonderful, glorious, absolutely fantastic things we have on, what makes us different, if you want that, if you believe that Jesus gave it all, that his whole purpose for coming was to die. We didn't have that way. God loved us, but the way wasn't there. Jesus opened that door. It's there. It's wide open. And if you believe that, you can confess that today. Yeah. You can join this body of Christ. Uh, we'll have a prayer team over here that uh, I would ask you to follow up on. Come on up. And anybody else, if you need prayer in any of these areas, if you need that wall broken down, uh, please come up with a prayer team. If you want to hear what God has for you a special word. We have a prophetic team also that's been trained to hear God's voice and to impart that to you. So, Father, I just want to close and, and say, break down these doors, Father. Let us see the opportunities you give us every day to communion with you. Let us see the opportunities you give us every day to do what's pleasing in your sight. Father, we thank you that you loved us even before we gave our lives to you, Father, that you loved us when we were young sinners. Father, we thank you for all the opportunities you give us. And Father, I just ask you to open our eyes, open our hearts, open our souls. Father, Jesus, you've torn the veil, it's open, but we have things in our lives that we love getting away. Show us those things and help us tear them down. Amen. So we will have a prayer team here. Our prophetic team is here. Thank you all for coming.